Living in the rising sun, the land of bamboo, Tengu, and Gundam like Yo, can't believe I finally made it, my two re-celebrated Golden Week, hold it down with my Cho Everybody, welcome back to the Manga Sensei Podcast. I'm your host, John Sensei, and this week we are talking about kanjis, those mean little symbols that seem to get in the way. I've, I've hinted at some of these podcasts here for a little bit, talking about how basically these individual kanjis work and how to learn them. So this week we're going to be talking a little bit about them and also some grammatical kanji that you should probably know when you're first starting out. But first off, this episode is mostly going to be going over what kanji does. Um, remember to give us a like, a thumbs up, five star rating, and review. Those do help us out spread the word about Japanese grammar knowledge for your daily benefit. But kanji. So I've talked a little bit about this in previous episodes, but I will start with the very, very base of Japanese kanji. Japanese kanji initially came from China. Now, in fact, hiragana and hiragana did as well. Um, if you look at the hiragana, the katakana symbols, you can if and you can see some of the etymology of these words, um, these symbols, they actually are formed from kanji themselves. But kanji are ideographic syllables, syllabaries, basically, syllabary, syllables, syllables, each individual symbol has an individual meaning and an individual reading. For example, the symbol for mountain is the simply the symbol for mountain by itself, and it can be read with a Japanese reading for that symbol, so there's a word that's always read as mountain. However, the reason Japanese use these three individual Alphabets, the hiragana, katakana, and kanji, is to one differentiate between different parts of script and to install meaning into the individual words that they have. Let me show you what I mean. See, in Japanese kanji, you can have a symbol that reads, for example, mountain. This will always be mountain. However, Many mountains across the world have names. A good example of this is Mount Fuji. So the word for a mountain is yama. And in the mountain for Mount Fuji is Fuji, right? So Fuji Yama. It can also be read Fuji San. The San is the Chinese reading or the On reading for kanji. Now you may think, holy smokes, this just got confusing really, really fast. Let me break it down even simpler, okay? Not to insult anyone's intelligence, but this is where I had to go when I was trying to learn Japanese kanji. Basically how it works is these symbols have their meaning and two different readings. One reading is the kun reading, which is a reading that was given the Japanese put on something. So for example, they took the meaning, the symbol for yama from Japan, the symbol for mountain from Japan, and that's the word they had for their native word for yama and gave it yama. However, that word for coming from China was san, or something along those lines, and they japanese it, make it sound more like the Japanese would say san, and they put san in there, and that became one reading, and they had the Japanese reading for it. Now, when a symbol is by itself, it is read majority of the time with the Japanese reading. That means the, um, basically what they call the kun yomi, um, a word like east, north, south, and west, or mountain, or any other main noun are going to use that. However, if it's combined with more than one kanji, you're going to put these individual Chinese readings together. This is a very, very base understanding of those kanji. This will always mean the same thing, usually, that one meaning of tall, short, low, high, shoes, desk, couch, for example, 
but it's the reading that it gets where it gets tricky. I will end there for today, folks. Make sure to follow us on all the socials, and I will catch you and explain Kanji a little bit more to you tomorrow. Until then, Johnny.